0: All right, today on the the Traffic Culture Chicago podcast series, we have Tong Zhu, Chief Commercial Officer and Chief Strategy Officer at the Northwest Seaport Alliance. Um, So thank you for being here today, Tong. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, of course. Um, So let's dive into it. Um, Maybe you could give us a little background on who the Northwest Seaport Alliance is um, and and what you do there.
1: Um, You bet. I'm happy to do that. Um, the Northwest Seaport Alliance was established back in 2015 as a marine cargo operating partnership between the ports of Seattle and Tacoma, uh, two of the nation's premier port complexes. Um, so think of us as a property management company with a specialty in cargo facilities. Uh, we have a diversified cargo portfolio, including containers, breakbulk, bulk, auto, and bulk cargos. We're also the primary gateway for trade between Alaska, Hawaii, and the lower 48 states. I think this is a a fact that's um, not as well known in the industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Northwest Seaport Alliance is unique, in my mind, in many ways. We operate much like a private business while adhering to the high standard of a public agency. And I don't know if you know this, our CEO reports to the commissions of both ports, Oh. while the commissioner yeah so while so Shehye has ten bosses <laughs> wow. a lot while, yeah, while the commissioners are elected by the citizens of Pierce and King counties, we really see our gateway and our ports as a significant marine highway for the state and beyond, especially for the many many shippers um located in eastern Washington and in the midwest mm-hmm. we're um uh, a landlord port, as well as an operating port. Um, in in the case of container facilities, we sign long-term mm-hmm. leases with private terminal operators, like many other mm-hmm. ports, uh, who in turn operate our international and domestic container terminals. Now, we um, also operate one of the largest contain- uh, on-dock terminal intermodal uh, yards in our gateway. In addition mm-hmm. to um, terminals for handling break bulk and roll roll cargos, and you you uh, you might be uh, aware of this that we are the fourth largest containerized gateway in North America, mm-hmm. and we have um, international carrier services weekly services um, um, connecting us to uh, major ports of calls around the world. We have Mm -hmm. a little bit short of 20 services weekly. Um, As as you, uh, I wanted to remind uh, uh, you and the audience that we are not the other Washington. We are located Mm -hmm. in the northwest corner of the United States. Definitely Mm -hmm. the better one. Um, (laughs) We offer shorter uh, transit to and from Asia Mm -hmm. and um, are the first and last port of call for many, many trans-Pacific liner services.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We are, given our location, uh, we offer uh, short ocean transit time, and I believe we offer a pretty competitive no uh, terminal dwell time and uh, consistent rail services. Um, I believe we are the natural port of choice for container Mm -hmm. cargo headed to Chicago and other destinations in the Midwest and Ohio Valley. uh, we're proud of ourselves on um, offering best in class customer service. Seaport uh, Alliance staff are very proactive and performance driven. We work hand in hand with importers, exporters, and supply chain partners to find innovative and cost effective solutions for their cargo. Mm-hmm. And I I wanted to say that um, Seaport Alliance, Northwest Seaport Alliance, is all about providing competitive and innovative uh, supply chain solutions to our customers. We uh, take great pride in being the very first Seaport Alliance of its kind in Mm North America. Uh, As far as I know, the world, um, based on the last time I looked at it uh, a few months ago, I know since Hong Kong has uh, established its own seaport alliance (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, that spirit of innovation and competitiveness is very much ingrained in everything we do and in all of us here at seaport alliance that's
0: great maybe you could talk a little bit about uh some examples of your supply chain solutions or the innovation there at the alliance
1: you bet you bet um like many other ports uh, we continue to add capacity and ready our terminals to be, high, uh, to be big ship ready. Uh, we're also encouraging developments at our terminals to improve um, the flow of cargo, reduce mm-hmm. truck turn time, and expand our on-dock rail capacity. Um, that's one of our um, key features is that we have um, beautiful on-dock rail facilities in, in the gateway. Mm-hmm. And. Just to cite a few examples, in Tacoma, we completed a burst modernization at Husky Terminal this year uh, with the acquisition of um, eight um, largest gantry cranes on on the West Coast. Um, Work continues on the backlands and truck gate complex to increase yard space for efficient truck and rail operations. And that uh, Husky Terminal is based in um, Tacoma. Um, In Seattle, um, modernization of Terminal 5 um, is definitely another uh, key infrastructure project. Uh, Public and private parties are investing over a half billion dollars in that terminal, and that's uh, in Seattle. Modernization program began uh, this July, July of this year. Um, the 185-acre terminal is expected to open in two phases, with one major burst ready to handle international container cargo uh, in the spring of 2021, if everything goes uh, as, uh, as uh, what we planned. Upon full build-out, Terminal 5 will add um, approximately 1.3 million TU of container capacity to our gateway, as well as uh, offering a premier on-dock rail um, facility for handling discretionary cargo um, to and from the Midwest. Um, the other significant development uh, in Seattle and, and in Tacoma is is the fact that we're working with Army Corps of Engineers uh, to look at uh, dredging our waterways to 57 um, uh, feet. Uh, in Seattle, we already have obtained the authorization, and uh, we're uh, embarking, in, in, uh, embarking on that work. Uh, this will allow us to load bigger ships calling our gateway um, to capacity with heavy exports, uh, mm. so that so that um, frankly all of our exporters um, can maximize um, their export potential, and and not uh, not um, having to worry about weighing out the vessels. Um, the 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 Seattle project is currently undergoing design and funding, and it is my hope in the next five years the the work and the waterway will be dredged. We have exactly the same target for Tacoma. Uh, in fact, we've started the uh, uh, feasibility study of our main waterways, so more to come. But our ultimate goal ultimate goals for both. Seattle and Tacoma is to dredge our waterways to 57 feet.
0: That's great to be more competitive. Um, You mentioned uh, a lot of the modernization uh, activities that you all are doing. Uh, Maybe you could touch on some of the pieces that um, I know internally we've talked about a lot with uh, issues and concerns at the ports there. Um, I know you're dealing with truck, rail, shipping containers, so there's always something going on, always a, a hiccup or, or a change that has to be done or an adaption that needs to be made. Um, so maybe you can touch on some of the things that you've seen over the past year, you're currently seeing, or um, going into the near future, um, what you're seeing in terms of uh, issues and concerns.
1: You bet. So maybe I can, uh, if it's okay, touch um, current issues. Um, yes. Yeah. Some of. Concerns we have and some of the changes that we're uh, making. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I can touch on those. Yes, and and probably true with many uh, other West Coast gateways, that our exports uh, this year are, are down um, as a result of tariffs, um, the 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 trade war that were we have been. our uh, administration uh, launched um, with many other, many other countries, especially China. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe other reasons for our um, decline uh, in terms of our exports um, has to do with U.S. dollars, the strength of the U.S. dollar, and, and other market dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having said that, some of our agriculture exporters are definitely looking, are, are successful in finding alternative markets. Um, to um, help them ride, ride through this uh, turbulence. Um, and of course, um, I'm sure you're aware recently um, that uh, a lot of ocean carriers have launched um, blank ceilings on the Trans-Pacific Trade. Um, what that means is um, blank ceilings, in, in my mind, are a tool to help carriers improve Vessel utilization and reduce cost. Basically, when a scheduled vessel gets cancelled, um, con- ter- containers are rolled to the next vessel or a partner's vessel. Um, we we have seen a lot of um, these uh, black, up, uh, blank ceilings happening uh, in recent, uh, I guess, six to six to eight months on the Pacific, on the transpacific trade. Um, which has reduced the frequency of port um, calls at our at major gateways. Again, it's not unique to our gateway, but um, it, I think all major gateways on the West Coast are experiencing the same thing. Um, this uh, this have uh, unfortunately also uh, impact rail services and, and capacity to and from Chicago. So mm. we're monitoring that uh, very, very closely. Um, and uh, wherever we can we try to step in to help um, facilitate um, um, transactions of our of our uh, cargo owners and of course there is also the the um, IMO 2020 fuel mandate um, I think it's um, obviously has been in the press the most recent uh, six months to a year um, uh, this um IMO uh, 2020 uh, is scheduled to go into effect January 1st of next year. Mm -hmm. Um, The the new regulations will increase ocean freight costs by forcing carriers to, not by forcing carriers, by by asking carriers to burn more expensive low sulfur fuel oil uh, or install um, squabbers or other type of system that that essentially um, Remove sulfur particulate particulates um, from exhaust before it is um, emitted into the air. Um, it's it's really a global issue impacting all trade lanes, um, and uh, but I, I'm we're um, I think all of us are pleased that um, our carriers are, are taking this step um, to. To to help manage our air quality and help reduce um, acid rain and, and respiratory uh, diseases um, such as asthma, I think they're doing the right thing, and uh, we we all should come up support that. Um, but yet, yeah, I just want to acknowledge, you know, fuel costs um, already represent more than 50% of total operating expenses for a carrier. Um, it, it, the 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 increased cost for carriers to comply with IMO 2020 is is uh, is huge is is enormously um, impactful for them, and so it, it will be difficult for any carrier to absorb and and to stay in business. Um, mm-hmm. um, I guess um, I'm trying to say that it is important that the industry supports a carrier um, as a implement uh, IMO uh, starting in January. Um, and given today's uncertain global trade environment, uh, the and the limited ability for carriers to make profit in today's operating environment, um, I, I just wanna commend the carriers for their commitment to comply with the new regulations. Um, I think it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, maybe you can leave us with uh, just some opportunities and, and development uh, opportunities that you see uh because you are dealing with carriers and shippers um, for the carriers and shippers uh, into the future going forward
1: yeah yeah um sure I can uh, maybe uh mention a few things uh, uh changes at the port and um, and how do we navigate the the um, Current intermodal port supply chain. So the last several years, we we definitely have seen ocean carriers uh, continue to see them consolidating, right? Um, and with um, new uh, shipping alliances uh, emerged, um, and today there's fewer but much bigger uh, carrier alliances mm-hmm. and carriers in general, um, with bigger carriers, and, and, and bigger ships um, um, that come large um, surge of uh, container volume at one time. Um, this really puts us in the bind in, in the sense that um, there's increased pressure on terminals and truck gates to handle these uh, the additional volume. Um, I am extremely proud that our terminals have been Adapting uh, to keep operations fluid for truckers and for railroads, um, they have um, on their own came up with with many um, operational solutions uh, to accommodate these uh, increased uh, volumes. Um, some of the example, there has been a um, we have extended gate. Um, um, we also um, the Seaport Alliance wanted to respond to the industry and in support of our customers, and we have rolled out and uh, implemented uh, a gate efficiency program um, to help um, incentivize terminals to be open at off-peak uh, times. And I, I think it has paid dividend uh, that we have seen our gate operations and our gateway in general um, um, uh, much more uh, fluid than in the past. Um, I would also acknowledge the local longshore um, have also stepped up, stepped up and adding labor to keep up with increased volumes and supporting the additional uh, gate hours. Um, the other thing I wanted to just make a mention that in partnership with our customers, we're also making strategic investments outside of the terminals to support terminal operations. We certainly recognize that there is only so much a terminal operator can do within the terminal footprint. And that there is a need to to expand beyond the gate. Uh, This is where the innovative spirit comes into play. Uh, We are currently exploring uh, various alternatives to help improve terminal and gateway performance. And some of these initiatives really um, are outside of the terminal gate. Um, um, include uh, mainland rail hubs uh, where exporters have traditionally been challenged with equipment and with uh, rail services to ports. Uh, we are also seeing strong uh, growth in our transload business, um, and that this trend has been going on for uh, for a few years. Um, I, if I remember correctly, transloading business accounts for almost 33% of our cargo business and is growing. Uh, I would venture out to say no other gateway in North America offers large pool of uh, transload service providers as ours. Um, In other words, through these service providers, we're able to offer importers and exporters many competitive choices. Uh, this absolutely helps them mitigate any risks, any risk from service disruptions uh, compared to a, a port with very few transload service providers. Uh, we're very strong in this segment. Um, transload applies for uh, time-sensitive import cargo as well as agricultural dry and refrigerated exports. Um, the other The other area that I wanted to call out is that we are uh, number one, um, we're number one gateway um, for reefer cargo um, as far as exports. And uh, when adding imports into that, we're number two uh, in North America. And there's reason for that. Um, I think it has to do in part with the abundance of uh, cold storage uh, facilities we have. um, And of course, we have a robust um, wafer um, exports uh, from through this gateway. Um, I really attribute a lot of our export success to many of the, not only our exporters, but um, many of the transloading service providers and, and code storage um, services in the region. Uh, they are yeah. a very important fabric
0: of the supply chain. Yeah, that's great. Well, we, we really appreciate it. Um, so Tong, if, they, if somebody out here wants to uh, contact you all more about opportunities like that, whether it be transloaders or other business development areas, um, should they go to your website or, or how it's best to reach you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Go to our website or call our John Tullis 24-7 anytime.
0: <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> uh, Tong Zhu, thank you so much. And thank you to the Northwest Seaport Alliance for taking some time out today. Um, the Travel Club of Chicago really appreciates your time and, and, you know, uh, this episode. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.